Welcome to the European Heart Journal Case Report Podcast. I am Dr. Thomas Craven, the podcast editor. In this podcast, I'm going to discuss a case report by Arka Das, Anantha Kidambi, Sven Plein, and Erika Dahl Armelina from the Leeds Teaching Hospital's NHS Trust. And the case report is titled An Unusual Case of Apical Myocarditis, a case report. Myocardial infarction with normal coronary arteries, Minoka accounts for around 6-8% of acute coronary syndrome presentations and is a frequent indication for cardiovascular magnetic resonance imaging. The following case presents an interesting cause of Minoka, apical myocarditis. In this podcast, we are fortunate enough to be joined by the lead author of the case report, Dr. Arka Das. I shall first present the case report and then move on to the discussion with Dr. Das. The case report a 58-year-old female with no past medical or family history presented with chest pain. The clinical examination was normal. The ECG revealed widespread ST elevation and a serum troponin was raised at 1998 nanograms per litre. The echocardiogram revealed marked global hypokinesis with overall mild left ventricular systolic dysfunction. The patient's coronary angiogram revealed unobstructed coronary arteries and she was therefore diagnosed with Minoka syndrome. There was no history of recent viral illness and inflammatory markers, white cell count and CRP, were normal. The patient was discharged on ACE inhibitors and beta blockers and had an urgent outpatient cardiovascular magnetic resonance scan nine days after admission. The cardiovascular magnetic resonance scan demonstrated hypertrophy of apical LV segments with diffuse mid-wall hyperenhancement on late gadolinium enhanced images and T2-weighted imaging demonstrated high signal intensity in hypertrophic segments in keeping with acute inflammation. The differential diagnosis at this point was acute coronary syndrome with bystander apical hypertrophic cardiomyopathy or acute myocarditis. As there was diagnostic uncertainty, a repeat CMR scan was performed at four months. This demonstrated normal left ventricular systolic function with resolution of the apical segment thickening and complete resolution of late gadolinium enhancement and edema with normal T2 values. The repeat CMR scan confirmed the diagnosis of apical myocarditis, allowing the patient to be taken off ACE inhibitors and beta blockers and discharged from cardiology follow-up. Discussion I would like to welcome Dr. Arkadas to the EHJ Case Report podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thanks for having me. First, I would like to provide some background information to the case. And then we'll move on to a general discussion with Dr. Das. Minoka accounts for around 6-8% of patients presenting with acute coronary syndrome, with myocarditis being one of the leading causes. Early CMR imaging is able to confirm the diagnosis in the vast majority of cases. The late Louise criteria is used in CMR imaging to make the diagnosis. In 2018, this criteria was updated to further increase CMR specificity in diagnosing myocarditis. The updated late Louise criteria requires demonstrating the presence of myocardial edema with the use of a T2-based criterion and other CMR markers of inflammatory myocardial injury with the use of a T1-based criterion. T2 criterion include global or regional increase of myocardial T2 relaxation time or increased signal intensity in T2-weighted CMR images. T1 criterion include an increased myocardial T1, extracellular volume or late gadolinium enhancement. The use of both a T1 and T2 criterion increases specificity. However, 
the presence of only one criterion can support the diagnosis of myocarditis in the context of an appropriate clinical scenario. Now to discuss the case with Dr. Arkadas. I'd first like to start off by thanking you for providing us with such an interesting case to discuss. My first question is, what made this case so unique? Thanks for having me on this podcast, Dr. Craven. What drew our attention to this case was, from the very beginning, there were lots of uncertainties about the diagnosis. Minoka syndrome is a well-recognized phenomenon now, and the use of early CMR imaging can often help clinch the diagnosis. But even after performing CMR, the initial standard imaging sequences were highly suggestive of hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Scene images showed hypertrophy of the apical segments, up to 14 millimeters, and late gadolinium images demonstrated diffuse mid-wall enhancement, and that's usually a slam dunk for apical HCM. However, it was through the use of edema-weighted imaging that we began to suspect that much of this hypertrophy and late gadolinium could be edema rather than fibrosis, and that's what prompted us into booking her for a repeat scan. And this repeat scan confirmed that indeed it was edema all along. We have seen Minoka cases in the past with global myocardial edema, which results in transient thickening of the LV walls, which resolve over time. However, what's unique about this case is the focal pattern of edema in the apical segments, which nearly fooled us into thinking that the diagnosis was apical HCM. Thank you for that answer. One aspect the case highlights is the importance of timely CMR imaging to aid diagnosis of myocarditis and guide ongoing management. Could you kindly explain to our listeners why CMR imaging is so important in Minoka syndrome? The use of CMR in the acute stages of Minoka syndrome offers unique advantages. Tissue characterization and analysis of scar patterns allow us to differentiate between different etiologies, which subsequently impacts on the patient's management. For instance, a subendocardial scar in a coronary distribution suggests there was a plaque rupture which may have recanalized by the time of the angiogram. This would mandate dual antiplatelet cover for 12 months. A focal subendocardial scar is more suggestive of an embolic event, and depending on the context, this may prompt initiation of anticoagulation. Meanwhile, a sub-epicardial scar is more suggestive of an inflammatory event like myocarditis, which by no means is a benign condition, but it would give you more comfort in discontinuing dual antiplatelets. Lastly, it can help uncover underlying cardiomyopathies such as hypertrophic cardiomyopathy, amyloidosis, sarcoidosis, and etc., all of which have their own scar patterns. Hence, CMR is now a recommended first-line investigation for Minoka syndrome alongside echocardiography in the latest ESC guidelines. Brilliant. That was a nice rundown of the different late gadolinium enhancement patterns that occur in Minoka syndrome. Can you also explain the importance of sequential CMR imaging in this case and how it affected the management? If you take away the edema-weighted images and just look at the first scan as a snapshot, one would be easily forgiven for diagnosing the patient with apical HCM. Now this has a lot of implications for the patient. Long-term medications, follow-up in clinic, family screening, possible avoidance of physical activity, etc. Not to mention it would have been the wrong diagnosis in this case. Serial imaging allowed us to demonstrate that the apical hypertrophy was transient and resolved completely at three months. 
This meant she could come off all her drugs as the underlying diagnosis was myocarditis. You could argue that this could have feasibly been achieved with serial echocardiography alone, but MRI not only allows you to measure the wall thickness with greater accuracy than echo, especially in the apical segments, but the tissue characterization capabilities enable you to be more certain about what is actually going on within the myocardia. Through our serial CMRs, we could show that yes, there was mid-wall late gadolinium enhancement in the areas of hypertrophy, but they were in areas with lots of active edema. And on the serial images, both the late gadolinium and edema resolved, resulting in myocardial thickness returning to normal. So the initial late gadolinium was reflecting interstitial edema rather than fibrosis. I guess this is a good advert for edema-weighted imaging, and this is reflected by the latest expert consensus paper in JAK by Prof. Ferreira et al., which advocates the use of T1 and T2 maps in cases like these. As you highlight nicely within this case report, one of the differential diagnoses could be Takatsubo's cardiomyopathy. What pointed you more towards the diagnosis of apical myocarditis in this case? That's a really good question. Takotsubo cardiomyopathy, as you may know, is a reversible stress-induced cardiomyopathy which typically results in temporary but marked regional hypokinesia or even akinesia of the apical segments. So I guess the pattern of involvement fits, but if you look closely at these cine images, which I believe are available online, our patient had only subtle hypokinesia of her apical segments. What strikes you more is how hypertrophied they were. On that basis, we felt it was more consistent with myocarditis, but it remains open for debate, I think. Looking at the evidence, while the underlying mechanisms may be different, there are significant overlapses between the two conditions. A prospective study by Aitel et al. involving over 250 patients found that up to two-thirds of Takotsuba patients actually fulfilled the CMR diagnostic criteria for myocarditis. Either way, both conditions usually just require conservative management, so it did not impact on our patient's long-term management. All her edema had thankfully settled by three months, so she could be discharged with a degree of reassurance. Thank you very much, Dr. Arkadas, for coming on to today's podcast to discuss this interesting case in depth. And that discussion moves us nicely onto the learning points for the case. Learning points. The authors wanted to highlight the following learning points. Myocarditis is a common cause of Minoka syndrome. Acute myocardial edema from myocarditis can result in transient thickening of the left ventricular wall, which on standard echo and cardiac magnetic resonance imaging can resemble left ventricular hypertrophy. The resolution of left ventricular wall thickness can be monitored through serial imaging. The differentiation between myocarditis and Takotsubo can be challenging without tissue biopsy, however acute CMR with edema-weighted imaging can help exclude chronic conditions such as apical hypertrophic cardiomyopathy. Differentiating myocarditis from other causes of Minoka syndrome is important, as it often carries a favourable long-term prognosis and may not require long-term treatment. Conclusion Presented on this episode is an interesting case of apical myocarditis, a rare cause of Minoka syndrome. The case report highlights the importance of prompt CMR imaging in Minoka syndrome assist diagnosing the underlying cause and sequential CMR imaging in unclear cases to observe for resolution of the findings and exclude underlying cardiomyopathy. 
Thank you for listening to the European Heart Journal Case Report podcast. Please visit the European Heart Journal Case Report website at academic.oup.com forward slash EHJCR to read this case report in full, references used to create this podcast, and do other interesting case reports. I hope you'll listen to future episodes for more interesting cases. I have been Dr. Thomas Craven, and this music is Computer by State Shirt.